0: You are listening to Haftarah, the Sheer series where we typically explore the connections between the Parsha Shavuah and its corresponding Haftarah. Here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Ekev. However, as we have entered the second week of the Shevodan HaMasa, we are looking not necessarily for any explicit connections between Parsha's Ekev and the Haftarah. However, we are looking for the message of the Haftarah specific to these times. And these times being the weeks in between B'Av and Rosh Hashanah which are collectively known in the world of Haftarah as the Shiva Danech the seven weeks of consolation or comfort. Those are loose translations as we discussed last week in the Haftarah for Shabbos Nahamu, the opening week for the Shiva Danech Hamasa. Perhaps we'll come back to that discussion a little bit later in this particular shir. But for our main purposes now, we're going to try to see what is the second message in these seven weeks of consolation. So in the previous half tur here for Shabbos Nacham, with we saw Ishayahu Perek Mem. Today we are going to Ishayahu Perek Mem Tes. So jumping 9 Prakim, or perhaps 8 Prakim forward, and it goes till Perek Nun Aleph. So that's 49 to 51. More specifically, it's Mem Tes Pasuk Yidaled, so 49.14, going all the way to Nun Aleph, Pasegimel fifty as we dedicate this sheirly rasi bas david should have an So let's start talking about the haftarah. One week removed from Shabbos Nachma, we visit this second haftarah of the Shiva and Echamasa, and with that we continue Yishayo's words of encouragement and comfort. That is, of course, the theme of these seven weeks, after all. But the question is, what is the unique message for this week? At For Shabbos Nachma, we sought to define exactly what Nachma, or comfort, is, and to explain how to achieve it under such uncomfortable circumstances. But the question is, how do the lessons of Nachma apply themselves in this second Haftarah? And how should we apply them, of course, in light of what this Haftarah tells us? Now, what's interesting is that while this week's Sidra, this the week's Parsha Shavua, Parsha Ekev, talks about what happens when the Bnei Shrel forget Hashem, Rachman here, the first section of our Haftarah actually begins with the false assumption of the reverse possibility that there is a notion that it is Hashem who has forgotten His people. Says the Navi And Sion said, Hashem has abandoned me, and Hashem has forgotten me. The Navi's response to this accusation is a powerful one. In Hashem's name, the Navi urges, Can a woman forget her nursling? And then continues a little later to suggest that even if these could forget, it says, Hashem, I will never forget. So what Hashem does here is that he first compares himself to the mother who would never abandon her child. But then he takes it a step further, suggesting that even if such a mother could exist, a mother who could be so sick or at least so aloof and removed from her child that she could forget or even so much as abandon her child, Hashem's love and care for his people knows absolutely no bounds, and he could never forget them. No, it's not merely because Hashem is an infinitely powerful being who knows and remembers everything because he's that talented, but Hashem's love for us is infinite. And from there, the Navi continues to reassure us that B'nai Israel's children will eventually rush home, and that her destroyers will leave for once and for all. In that light, the Navi informs us that the once desolate and bereaved land of Israel will become crowded and fruitful, so that all will know that Hashem is the Saviour and Redeemer, the Moshiach and the Goel. All good news, Baruch Hashem. Now, while a typical Haftarah might have ended there, this Saftar continues into the next parak with a completely new conversation. So says Hashem, where is this so-called document of divorce, this bill of divorce of your mother with which I supposedly sent her away? Or to whom is the creditor that I've apparently sold you," asks Hashem. Behold, due to your own sins, you have been sold, and due to your own rebellious transgressions, your mother has been sent away. So, with this new prophecy, we have a couple of questions. Firstly, we have a question about this prophecy's inclusion in our Torah after like at all, right? And the second is a question about this prophecy's place in what we have been referring to as the seven of consolation altogether. Right, let's return to that first question. It seems that the first half of the haftarah was quite sufficient to make us perhaps a little bit more comfortable than we were before. The message that Hashem has in fact not forgotten us and the reassurance of good fortune to come definitely serve that role of giving us some kind of consolation. Now, adding on a full new conversation seems a little bit overwhelming. Maybe this second part could have been its own haftarah for a subsequent week. Perhaps there are smaller haftaras among the Sheva Danechamasa that could have been combined to give this chapter some more room. Maybe, maybe not. But the point is that we've, we we're have we seemingly onto a new subject. So why do we need this whole second part in the haftarah? Now, the second question, and perhaps the bigger problem here, lies in the seemingly mixed messages we are receiving from this new prophecy. That is because on the one hand, Hashem challenges the Israel to show him their bill of divorce and to introduce him to the creditor to whom he had sold them away. He makes the point that he has never divorced them or sold them out. He seems to imply that he is still with them, which by itself would be a comforting thought. But then Hashem turns around and sticks it to the people, through the Navi, he tells them that it was, it has been their own defiance that has caused them to be sold and sent away. In other words, oh yeah, I have let you go. <laughs> That's what Hashem is pretty much saying here. True, sure, there's no bill of divorce or anything like that, but in fact, Hashem confirms the very fear that in fact he is distant from the Bnei Israel. Yes, it's their own doing. He blames us. It's our fault. But this statement is obviously not a comforting one. It's not comforting to consider the consequences of our actions, certainly when they're negative. So the question is how this prophecy how, how does this prophecy even make it into the Shiva Nechamasa, if it doesn't sound very comforting at all? Moreover, as the proceeds, the Navi continues what looks like a verbal onslaught scolding the Bnei Israel for having failed Hashem, as in the very next line Hashem asks why he even makes the effort to come out calling to the Bnei Israel when they don't even care to return to him. And all this could be true, and definitely important for us to hear. Right? We we know that in Haftara, the Navi does not shy away from sticking it to us, giving us the criticism when we need to hear it. Certainly we had that in the to the the three half before tishabav B'av, Shabbos Chazon, but now I thought we are shifting perspectives. The Navi meant it for each and every one of us that we have to hear the messages, take every word seriously, and yes, we're willing to hear out the half tara, but. Again, where is the comfort in the prophecy? As a segment of the Sheva HaMasa, where is the consolation to be found in this seemingly uncomfortable and discouraging message? So as for the question as to why this whole prophecy has been attached to the previous one for the purposes of our haftarah, perhaps it is because although they are two different prophecies, maybe their fundamental messages are really one and the same pretty obvious if one thinks about it just for a minute. In the first prophecy, Hashem responds to the nation's accusation that He has forgotten them and abandoned them. In the second prophecy, Hashem responds to the nation's accusation that He has divorced them or sold them away. In each prophecy, Hashem dispels the Bnei Israel's false claims to victimhood. So we say that no, Hashem has not forgotten, abandoned, divorced, or sold anyone. Hashem has never left our side. In fact, as the Novi implies, if we have things correctly, we have forgotten Hashem and have abandoned Him. We have cheated on Him and have sold ourselves away. Obviously, this is all painful to hear, and at first glance, it is not very comforting. However, if we consider two points, perhaps this haptor's integral role in the Shevde Hamasa will start to make a little bit more sense. Firstly, we have to consider the true meaning of Nachama as we've explained it in the last Haftar. In Nechama, although often translated as comfort or consolation, we have thoroughly explained has to mean something more fundamentally neutral, considering the obviously negative connotations of Nechama in various other places in the Chumash. as it appears, for example, in Sefer Beratius. Just to quickly review, we pointed out that the Torah says, Vayinochem Hashem adam ba'aretz there are a couple of different ways to read that Pasuk. al Rashi in fact does read that the words Vayinachem Hashem means that Hashem was comforted over the fact that he merely created mankind on earth and not with access to place themselves into the heavenly spheres, at which point they would be unstoppable. Hashem created man mortal. However, the Pashab Shah read, which is also supported by uh, an alternative read from Rashi, is that Vayinachem HaShem means that HaShem had regretted having man, having made mankind. There, we had to come to the resolution that Nechama neither means pure comfort nor regret, which of course are two completely opposite emotions, but the meaning of Nechama lies in what comfort and regret have in common. Both have connotations of second thought. Obviously comfort in the positive, regret in the negative, but they both mean reconsideration. That means that to have Nechama means to reconsider the situation and to give it a second thought. Now, if we understand Nechama in this way, we can begin to understand Nechama's place in our nerve-striking haftarah. And that is because, although the B'nai Israel have preconceived notions of their situation, the Navi debunks those notions and inverts them. The B'nai israel feel that all hope is lost because they think Hashem has forgotten abandoned, or perhaps divorced and sold them? And if Hashem had done all of those mean things to them, then yes, all hope would be lost. And perhaps sometimes, maybe often, we too feel as though Hashem has done one or all of these things to us. But says the Navi, think again, reconsider, the second thought. Maybe, just maybe, it is we who have forgotten and abandoned Hashem. Perhaps Hashem did not sell us out, but we were the ones who sold ourselves. Maybe if we are willing to undergo through a nechama process and reconsider everything, we will respond different, differently to the situation, as difficult as it may seem. And that, I believe, is all the first important point, the first important step that we need to think about when we encounter this haftara. But surely that alone might not give us the positive comfort that we were hoping to find in the Shevod But that brings us maybe to our second important point, the second step, if you will. The second point is that one, we can, it's a point that one, we can understand that once we, well, once we've accepted, rather, that it was not Hashem who had distanced, distanced himself from us, but in fact it was we who have distanced ourselves from him i believe that we can develop a sense of direction on our path to redemption and it is exactly here where i believe the true comfort and consolation can be found as we've also explained in the last haftarah nechama does not mean that the situation itself has changed but that our understanding of the situation has changed well as for the situation our understanding makes a big difference because again if we think that hashem was the mean one who set us up for failure and just left us high and dry then we have no hope god simply doesn't care about us and to our you know that's again in accordance with our original assessment of the situation that's because in that, in that assessment we are helpless and doomed to fail but if we're honest and realize that it is our own fault yes that also hurts but it also means that at least we have the ability within our own actions and decisions to do something about the situation to fix it. right? If it was our own actions that caused us to be distanced from Hashem, as the Navi tells us, then we have confirmation that our actions can also return us to Hashem. And although we weren't looking for explicit connections to the Parsha Shavua, I believe that this is actually one of the lessons of Akev, that our own actions have consequences. That is in fact what Akev means. Akev means consequences. That means that the ball is really in our court. It's all up to us. We have choices to make, and of course there will be consequences to our actions. But the comfort is in the fact that we get to choose what decisions we make. We get to choose our actions. And by way of choosing our actions, we sort of, in effect, get to choose our consequences, right? It's, it's a choose your own journey, if you will. Now, if we consider the concept of Nachama as reconsideration, this new confirmation speaks such volumes. Because when we began in the state of mourning and read Megillus Echa, we pleaded and bargained, Hashem elecha return us, Hashem, and we shall return as though it is Hashem who needs to make the first move. And perhaps on some level that's true. Without Hashem allowing us the possibility of teshuva, of repentance, for without that option existing in the first place, we would have no such hope. And as we've mentioned, teshuvah itself is a time of rejection, where maybe Hashem is not extending His hand to us, and until Hashem does extend His hand, We don't have hope of Hashem accepting us. But all that said, beyond that, we can't just rely on the hope that Hashem will one day reach His hand out to to, to those who are doing teshuvah. We have to start making some moves. We have to extend our hand. When we reconsider those actions or I should say when we reconsider whose actions matter most at this time, think we can realize that Hashem has been doing His part and is really just waiting for us to answer His call. In other words, it really is all up to us. And this idea that through our own decisions and actions we can return to Hashem by our own whim, that I believe is a comforting thought. And yes, it requires personal responsibility and accountability, which are scary things. It does require us to take the blame sometimes, which intrinsically is not comforting. But I would say the overall idea that the ball is in our court, it's in that that we can find the comfort nonetheless. And at the end of the day, I would say the greatest sense of nechama is that we can choose to attain our own redemption. And of course, we shall be Zocha take that personal responsibility and control our own fate, to choose our journeys properly, to choose our journeys wisely, and allow ourselves to return to Hashem. And then, of course, Hashem will fulfill His promise, that which we find at the end of the Haftarah, of Sasan V'simcha Toda V'Kal Zimra. Joy, happiness, of course, the ability for us to thank, and the voice of song, we should be able to live it all soon with the Gula and the coming of Mashiach, the Meher, B'Amenu. And of course, as always, if you enjoy this She'er and others like it on the podcast, and you want to partner with us with a sponsorship of questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group where you'll find links to every uploaded shear and links to shiur that I repost due to the relevance, then all you have to do is reach out to me at, the database at gmail.com. That's the And Until next time, have a wonderful rest of your week, wonderful Shabbos, And thank you for joining us here at The Database.